Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. Welcome to Multicultural TV Talk, a Media Village podcast where we bring you interviews with talent and creatives from across entertainment, discovering their stories and how they are changing the face of stardom across media. As always, I am your host, Juan Ayala. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, let's get to talking. So today we are joined by an Emmy-winning journalist, radio host, author, and host of the Rick Sanchez podcast, Rick Sanchez. Rick, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thanks, Juan. Great to be with you, man. Uh, so you're uh, joining a group of uh, Hispanic TV vets that we've had on our show here. We recently had Jimmy Smits. Uh, we've had Danny Pino, Justina Machado. So it's an honor to be chatting with you. So again, thank you for being here. It's a pleasure. Uh, so before we dive in, uh, given your career and insight, I'm, I would love to get your two cents on this uh, question that's sort of been a recurring theme on our show. Um, and that is uh, involving the sort of symbiotic relationship between culture and media. Uh, so I'm curious if you think that one has more influence over the other. Do you think that media influences culture or does culture influence media? Well, there's no question media influences culture. I mean, that's the reason everybody in the United States hates Latinos. That's why that's the reason they think that we're all criminals. That's the reason they think that we're only good to mow their grass because Hollywood has created an image, according to the Annenberg study at USC, where 37 to 40 percent of the times that they cast uh, Latinos, by the way, we're 20% of the population and we're only cast less than 4% of the time in movies. So yeah. it's not representative of who we are in this country. So yeah, they don't cast us. Uh, that's, uh, you know, uh, Hollywood that we're speaking of. Uh, and when they do cast us, uh, 37 to 40% of the time, we're cast as a criminal. Another 20 to 30% of the time, we're cast as, I don't know, you know, nothing wrong with being a uh, somebody who operates a lawnmower or somebody who's being a domestic worker. But uh, if that's the way, as we say in Spanish, que nos pintan, if that's the way they paint us, if that's the way they present us, then that's what people are going to think we are. And that's why that moves on then to the thoughts of Americans, which then people like, uh, you know, Fox News and others uh, pick up on and, you know, create great segments on about uh, how we have to control all these uh, Latinos coming into the United States because after all, they're rapists and criminals. I know that because I saw that in the movies. Um, and before you know it, you've got a guy who's running for president <laughs> on that on, the, on that very foundation, on that very platform. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's no question in, in this country that uh, the media creates the culture and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in a million and one ways. It's it's honestly very. Uh, my family's from El Salvador, so when Trump said on national television and called us a shithole country, I I was just like astounded that that got applause. I'm like, do you can um half of you can even point where El Salvador is on a map, but you're agreeing with this guy. Uh, yeah, that narrative was just yeah, so, so it, and frustrating. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it affects it. I mean, it really does. I mean, it, it goes. God, I wish it was different. You know, I wish we could be culturally so uh together that we would kind of lead the way and that is true interestingly enough with some cohorts and some groups uh but it's certainly not the case when it comes to latinos and and that's really really sad when you consider the contributions that we're making in yeah. this country we're the fifth largest GDP economy in the world, the third fastest growing GDP 
in the world. I mean, we're only behind China and India. And when it comes to growth, we're ahead of the United States. The average Latino works 44, uh, 42 hours a week. The average non-Latino works 33 hours a week. The average Latino, 80% of Latinos are U.S. citizens. Uh, you know, 95% of Latinos under the age of 41 speak English. These are, these are all facts. Yeah. These are all metrics. And nobody knows them. Instead, they think that we're just a bunch of guys jumping over a fence or swimming some river somewhere and arriving in America. We got here last week and we're all sitting around watching Telemundo or some crap like that. So it's really weird. Yeah. And, you know, uh, here at Media Village, we do focus a lot of our content on uh, on marketing and advertising. So uh, especially with Hispanic Heritage Month having just ended uh, just a few weeks ago. Um, all of those statistics you just said are very still fresh in my brain. So definitely <laughs> all those are facts. Good. There's two of us who know them. <laughs> and you know, like the, the U.S. Hispanic market, uh, they estimated as soon to cross $2 trillion in buying power in the next couple of years. We're the fastest growing minority group in the last 10 years. We're young. As you said, we're multilingual, we're multicultural. But mm -hmm. for whatever reason, not for whatever reason, we know why, but we're still misrepresented and underrepresented. Uh, yeah. across the board and uh, especially in advertising. The only times I see Hispanics in a commercial is one that's airing on Univision or Telemundo. It's like we don't exist in right. in English well, America. Look, look, I mean, I, I'm proud, I guess, to say I was the first and only Latino uh, to be a uh, national newscaster on uh, network news and uh, to have his own namesake show, Rick's List. That was kind of a, a, a big deal. I had the highest ratings on uh, CNN uh, by far. Worked at uh, you know NBC and uh, Fox News as well. And I realized uh, when I was there that uh, there was even even with me there, there was an underappreciation of what we could do. And there and there's no reason. In fact, when I was fired, in many ways, the reason that I was humiliatingly fired. Uh, on national television was because I really was trying to make the point that even though I had the highest ratings, even though my show had by far, to quote John Klein, the president of CNN, the best demos in the history of the network, the best non-white demos in the history of the network, every time they had an opportunity to uh, create a primetime show, they would bypass me and give it to somebody else. And... Um, and I, and I always said, why are you doing this? I mean, and, um, you know, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, ever since, quote unquote, Rick Sanchez, that would be me, was fired from CNN. They never replaced me. There's still not a main anchor yeah. at CNN who's Latinos. I mean, they've got a bunch of reporters and they got, you know, somebody who does the news at 11 or something. But no one of, you know, real distinction. I could say the same thing as about MSNBC. There's nobody there. I mean, really, I mean... Yeah, they got little positions, you know, people, but but there's no Hispanic Rachel Maddow. There's no Chris Hayes. Right. Same thing with Fox News. So again, and, and think about this. Just, just if you're listening to the sound of my voice, just do the math. We are 20% of the population. 20% of the population. And when it comes to media representation, we are less than 3% of media representation. Let me just do those numbers again. 20%, 3%. What's wrong with this picture? Yeah. And given the the current state of, of news and media, uh, how things are portrayed through such a skewed lens, uh, you know, just thinking sort of 
from a legal standpoint, you have to be very careful with your verbiage, the way you present things, because it'll influence the, the, the perspective of the jury in the courtroom. But when it comes to news, it's just, you know, the, the filters off, they, they can say whatever they want. It's uh, at least on a, on a national scale, you can, you can refer to local news, at least for fact-based reporting of here's what happened today. And here are the updates, but what needs to change in your point of view? Wow. Well, I mean, here's the great thing about us as Latinos. We don't care. You can call me what you want, say what you want. You could fire me. You could rehire me. You could fire me again. We're always going to end up on top. I mean, that's who we are. We're Latinos. We, you know, we've got this sense of resilience and perseverance that maybe just comes with being, we grew up in barrios. I mean, uh, you know, I just took a, a, a company public. Uh, it was a $4.4 billion company that uh, we took public. And uh, I feel really good about that. But uh, that came after I grew up so poor that, you know, my mom worked in a factory selling shoes. My dad had three jobs. We never made more than $10 million, $10,000 combined income. So I, I grew up, I grew up like a poor guy and, and, you know, and, and I was lucky enough to get a, a football scholarship. I studied journalism and became a, a news anchor. And then I turned that So CNN fires me and I say, okay, you fired me. Okay. I'll go start my own company. I start my own company. That company is a $4.5 billion publicly traded company within four and a half years. I mean, that's who we are. So whether it's Rick Sanchez or the guy down the street or you, no matter what happens to us, we always freaking land on our feet. So it's not like we're asking for any favors because we'll, we're, we're fine. We're the economic engine of the United States. Yeah. But it would be nice. It would be nice if we're able to come together. And this is a big part of, I think, the problem. If we're able to come together as Cubanos and Mexicanos and Colombianos and Hondureños and Salvadoreños and all these different parts of who we are and sell the right story about who we are. But I think even we haven't bought into we, yeah. even we haven't bought into who we are, right? As well as we should, which is why I started Agua Media because, uh, you know, we do this and I do the Rick Sanchez podcast and I started Agua Media and I put my own money into it because I want the story to be told. I want Latinos to understand their own empowerment. And I think we need to kind of come together and share that story. If we don't say it, nobody else is. Yeah. That, um, I completely agree with that. That sort of not everyone uh, in the Hispanic community, the Latino community has bought into that sense of we were very tribalist, tribalism. Like there's just a lot of that amongst us. And it's very frustrating, mm -hmm. especially you see on social media, I handle media religious social media so i'm on twitter and all of that all the time but you know if you call if someone calls like you know they'll recognize selena gomez as the first latina to you know to do x y and z you'll have people yeah. from outside the us say she's not latina she's american and there's that sense it's like well we're all what like our families we all came from the same place we all go through the same struggles if you came here as a non-american you would experience the same struggles that our families did because we look the same and that's at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. It's, it, it's, it's, I get frustrated when I hear members. Of, I, I had this argument the other day. Um, I went to an event and there was a, there was a young lady there and she was telling me like, you know, we need to let people know that we're not all the same. Not all Latinos are the same. And I'm, I'm thinking, 
Why are you pushing that narrative? Who else? How, how many? How often do you hear other people describe themselves or allow themselves to be described that way? Mm. I mean, we're actually much more the same than we are different. I mean, Americans who are non-Latinos are much more different than we are. Mm -hmm. You know, Americans are all over the place. We tend to share many of the same attributes and cultures and values. We we tend to be, we, we speak the same language. Uh, and then people say, yeah, but you speak it different. Well, so do Americans. <laughs> a guy from Savannah, Georgia does not speak the same English as a guy from Minneapolis or a guy from the Bronx. Those are three completely different versions of English. So yeah, a guy has a little bit of a Mexicano accent or a Salvadoreño accent or a Puerto Rican accent or an Argentinian accent. So doesn't make them different, you know? I mean, we, we all tend to, you know, pray to the same God. We all tend to have the same drive. We all tend to believe in family. I mean, we are so much more alike. It makes me, I get sick and tired of hearing people say that. Oh, we're not monolithic. Oh, we're all very different. I hate when they present us the same. That's like, shut up. I mean, the, the reason we, we will empower ourselves by allowing ourselves to come together, mm -hmm. not by allowing idiots like you, or, and I'm saying this to the indirect person, obviously not <laughs> you, but when, when idiots out there constantly thump their chest and say, we're all so different. Why do you want to do that? Yeah. It's like, you, you know... You, 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 when you join hands, you become a force. When you're separate, distinct, you become weaker. That's just the way nature is, man. So why do we do that? Don't know. Yeah, it's. I, I hope that that changes very soon. And I think that, you know, there is that sense of uh, we want to be uh, individual. We want to be in. It, you can appreciate individual cultures and the nuances between different things. How are arepas yeah. different from pupusas, you know, like they're at, at, yeah. at the end of the day, they're almost right. the same food. Uh, but you know, they're very separate to, to each country and things like that. But when you, you know, we still want to celebrate e each other, but at the same time, people are like, no, we're different. And then, you know, it's just, it's such a strange balance. That's why Hispanics go through such identity crises all the time <laughs> throughout their lives because it's like you're an American Hispanic, you're from this country, you're mixed race, you're Afro Latino, you're Asian Latino, all yeah. these different, you know. You know, what we need to be is the closest. I'm a journalist, it's all I know. When I use words, I try to use words that describe as best as possible and in the most concrete way what represents someone, right? So I am a Cuban American who grew up in Miami. You could be a Salvadoran American who grew up in New York. Another guy could be a Jamaican American who grew up in Queens. Somebody else can be Irish American through descendancy, but he grew up in Georgia. That tells me who you are. This thing we do with like people of color, what does that even mean? People of color. I, he's a person of color. I mean, it used to be that when you say, when you said somebody was colored, that was insulting and offensive and racist. Today, the media has decided that that's who we are. There's only two kinds of people in the world, people of color and white people. I don't understand that. Mm. It makes no sense to me. By the way, even just logically, my friends who are Italian and are t 10 shades darker than I am and 10 shades darker than you, they're white, right. but you're a person of color. Right. 
it's it's pretty crazy. We we shouldn't use those labels. We shouldn't use terms that divide us according to skin color because we're not about skin color. You know, if anything, you're about where you came from. That I get, but skin color. And besides, you know what happens to a Latino when he becomes a person of color? He gets to the back of the line. Again, we're 20% of the population, but when a CEO is told he needs to hire more people of color, you know what he's going to do? He's going to hire six of my African-American brothers, and then he's going to hire two Asians, and if he's got a position left, he's going to hire a Latino because he thinks we're just part of the group and people of color, and he maybe doesn't realize that we're 20% of the population and the third fastest growing economy in the world. That's what happens when you use generalizations. Yeah. I saw something recently that we should, and I have tried to use it as well, using the phrase sort of global majority instead of people of color, because in reality, that's really what it is. We are the yeah. majority. We outnumber white people uh, astronomically. We call it we, we we call it here on Agua Media the new American mainstream, because we uh -huh. are. We, we are the new American mainstream. The new American mainstream is Latino, led by Latino, because we're the biggest nut, right? 20% by far. African-Americans are what, 12%, 13%? Asian-Americans are what, 6%? I mean, but we represent all of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the new American mainstream is start with Latinos and then you add the rest. Uh, and we're a pretty big group. Um, and that's where America is going. And, that, and that's a great thing. You know, whether you're Latino, LGBT, uh, Asian, African-American, lo que sea. Yeah. So uh, that's where you start. Not people of color. <laughs> I hate that thing. Uh, so just circling back a bit to uh, to Agua Media, you have uh, a uh, new podcast network. You have the Rick Sanchez uh, podcast uh, where you um, cover the news. You have spiritual health. And yes, this happened because you've got to have a true crime podcast. Everyone's obsessed still years later. Uh, but is there anything new coming down the pipeline that you can talk about? Oh, my God. Yeah, we've got we've got like uh, nine new podcasts coming out in uh, January. We've got a podcast uh, about uh, empathy. Something that we're sorely lacking these days, and especially empathy in the workplace, empathy in business. We've got a podcast on uh, how to do a startup, how to start a business. Awesome. Uh, we've got another podcast on how to use your voice and your inflections to win and to become successful. Um, we've got about, I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but we've got a bevy of podcasts, and they're all really about how you can become better and grow um, and, and, and develop yourself so that you can, you know, be inspirationally and aspirationally more successful. So that's kind of the direction we're going in with the podcast. We're also bringing in, it looks like Julissa Arce, uh, Chris uh, Rivera, uh, comedy shows. We've got a bunch of really good shows that are going to be hitting pretty quick here, awesome. right after the holidays, as they say. Awesome. And uh, for those listening or watching, you can find all of that at aguamedia.com. You can find those on any podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, and yep. Yeah, so, we are ubiquitous. Yeah. Uh, so to close out, we always love to end with this question. Um, if you had this sort of uh, back to the future moment where you ran into little 13-year-old Rick and you could give him one piece of advice, what would you tell him? Wow. Well, I would say... Listen here, young man, you are a refugee immigrant kid 
growing up in a barrio in South Florida, but you're going to go on to be the first Latino to anchor the news in the United States at a national level. You're going to interview Ronald Reagan and Bill Clinton and Jimmy Carter and Barack Obama and Mikhail Gorbachev and Fidel Castro and Manuel Noriega. You're going to be there on 9-11 as the buildings fall and you're going to run like hell so it doesn't fall on top of you. You're going to be in Katrina and Andrew and get uh, Peabody Awards for your coverage of both. And throughout all of that, you are going to uh, amass value that then you're going to be able to share with other people through all of your tribulations and your trials. And in the end, uh, you'll you'll end up a, a, a wiser, older guy who will have the uh, good fortune of being able to share things with other people. So um, I would tell him, as, that, as all those things are going to be happening in his life at some point, that maybe the most important thing that he has to have is the ability to grow and the ability to love and the ability to be able to create the right friends and treat those friends and those family members like my wife and my kids in the most proper way so that you can have in the end when you're all said and done and you're wrapping it up you can look back on your life and say you know i like what i did so it it really is a story of uh of, of, of resilience and of, i guess somewhat of an accomplishment but most important never stop growing and never stop stretching never stop growing and never stop stretching yourself because it's only when we're uncomfortable in fact it's only when we fail that we learn and get better. So that would be my advice. In fact, I'd almost say to that young Rick Sanchez, try and fall down as many times as you can in your life, because every time you fall, you'll be better for it. Awesome. Rick, thank you so, so much for taking the time to, to chat with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Gracias. It's very kind. I enjoyed it too, Juan. We'll see each other in the future. Yeah, and so. look for me again on Agua Media and the Rick Sanchez podcast. Awesome. And folks, you can find us at MediaVillage.com on Instagram. Head over to MediaVillage.com for all of our reviews, interviews, podcasts, and more. I'm Juan Ayala. This is Multicultural TV Talk. Thanks for joining us.